The following audio is from Pathway Community Church. More information about Pathway Community Church is available at www.pathwaycommunity-church.org. Excited to be here with you all. I got to be honest with you. I was, lo- I-, I was hoping that Pastor Kerr would ask me to speak in this series that, we're be- that we've been going through. The heart of Jesus, gentle and lowly. I think it was, that, that's significant to me because... Yeah, let me get this out of the way. That's significant to me because I kind of grew up with this idea of Jesus, of being this big, powerful, ready to judge me, God, right? Like when, we were, when, I, when I was kids, a lot of the Hispanic parents used to tell like the kids when they would misbehave or something... Uh, they would say stuff like, Los niños del Señor no mienten porque no entran a los cielos del Señor. And that basically means uh, the children of God that lie don't enter the kingdom of heaven. And it's like, you know, imagine growing up to that. So your idea of, 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 of Jesus is like, oh man, don't mess with him. Which is, which is kind of true, but, but, I, but I just love that whole idea that, that Jesus was gentle with us and that he was gracious and that He's kind and soft. And he's, He cries with us. He doesn't just discipline us all the time. You know? Um, and, and, and Anyways, I'm just excited to share a little bit with you. And, and, and God has a peculiar way of, of picking uh, uh, titles for messages for me. He always has a way of, of picking the messages that kind of resonate with me. And, and he uses people. The other day, I was in worship practice, maybe a week ago, and, and Cheryl asked me, she was like, oh, what are you speaking of, on? And, and I said, well, I'm speaking on mercy. And she was like, ha, God knows what he's doing with you. <laughs> you know, I look at her husband, Bob, and I'm like, Bob, come on, man. You know, but, but I'm so grateful for Bob and Cheryl. They're so, they have so much wisdom for me. Such a young guy like me. <laughs> but, anyways, before I forget, I'd like to just um, begin um, this this time with uh, a prayer. So let's pray. Thank you, Father, um, because you're just so good to us. Uh, Father, you show us so much mercy, even though we don't deserve it. Uh, Father, everything that you give us that is that is kind and gracious. And, and forgiving, it's all a gift. Everything's a gift. Um, we're people that sin, and we deserve worse, but we give thanks that you are good. Um, be with us, open our hearts up, that we may not only hear the words that uh, you speak to us this morning, but we may apply it and take it with us as we go through our daily living. In your name we pray, amen. All right, we're going to go off of two verses this morning. So nice and short, nice and sweet. Um, And the the verses are in in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, verses 3 and 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. If you want to go ahead and turn to those, I'd like to just read it really quick, and then we're going to get started. I'm going to go, I'm going to go as quick as I can because when I was practicing, 
I was going over time that I usually go over, and that's weird for me. Usually I'm trying to pack things in so I wouldn't be too short. But today we're just going to be here about five hours, so we'll be okay. <laughs> so the verses read, uh, starting at 3 and going to 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our uh, Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in, in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Now I want you to have that verse um, in your heads and just stay open to that. And if I were to title the message, not if I were to title, the title of the message is Father of Mercies. And I want to begin um, this sermon with a few questions and questions that I've been asking myself. And the question is, how merciful are you? Or another question would be, how merciful have you been lately? Or, or how much comfort to, do you show the people around you when you display mercy? Or if you even display mercy? And I, I, I really don't want you to ask yourself this question on a surface level. Because we tend to do that sometimes. We hear words and mercy and grace and oh yeah, repeated words. And we tend to ask ourselves very surface level, in a very surface level way. And you're like, oh yeah, I mean, I, I was merciful, you know. I picked up the candy for the kid that dropped it. You know, I want you to dig deep into your heart and really ask yourself. Think, think of, of, of your spouse. If I were to go to your spouse and say, hey, how merciful is your husband? Or how merciful is your wife? If I were to go to your children and ask them, how merciful are your parents? Do, you, do, do your parents show you mercy or are they just so quick to get angry with you? Right? Or if I go to your friends, how merciful, uh, how merciful are your friends? Uh, are you towards your friends? Would they see you as someone with, with characteristics of someone that is merciful or someone that is quick to anger? If I go to your workplace, how would they describe you? Do you go in there and whine about your, your, your management and whine about your supervisors and complain and say they overwork me and this and that? Or are you just merciful? And they're like, at the end of the day, look how merciful this guy is. Man, you never get mad. You know? Let's get a little more practical with that question. And I'm sorry that I'm lingering around the question, but I really want... Uh, to dig deep on this question because I think it's so important and you're going to see why. If someone cuts you off in the car, if I would go to them and I say, hey, did they display mercy to you after that or did they, did they display a finger? <laughs> and I don't mean a thumbs up. Are, have you, are, were you merciful towards them? I know it's weird, it's countercultural. Because we don't usually act that way. I know I don't. I'm quick to get angry. I'm quick to, to snap. And let's get a little more touchy. We're living in a very, in a very, uh, in, in a political storm right now. How merciful have you been towards the person that voted exact opposite from you? 
Have you displayed mercy towards them? Or have you displayed resentment and anger and frustration? How have you displayed the whole idea of COVID? If you don't agree with somebody, did you just display, oh, I'll be merciful towards you with what I have to do, even though I don't agree with you, or I'm not doing what you want to do, because this is who I am. Listen, I, 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 I'm not telling you guys this. I, I'm, this is something that I've had to ask myself. And I, I, I dislike the answer that I had so much that I, I'm being... F- I'm being led to go on a 40-day fast from social media because I'm looking at people's political posts and it's just getting me angry. It's getting me upset. I'm getting frustrated. People are posting things and I'm like, that's not true. And I'm just getting frustrated. So I'm being led to go through a 40-day fast off of social media. If you guys want information on that, we're actually actually doing that. You can, you could talk to my wife, Denise. She's joining me because she gets crazy. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. She, I get more crazy than she does. But seriously, how merciful have you been? How merciful are you? Are you quick to, to want the judgment on them? Are you quick to want, oh, you're going to get yours. Oh, you voted for that person? You're going to get yours. And when you do, don't come to me and complain. I told you. Right? Because we have this idea of always wanting to judge people. We have this idea of always wanting to, to condemn people and to, to rain fire on them. And if you want my personal opinion, it's because I, f- I feel like that's the vision as believers. That's kind of the picture of God that we have. This judgmental, overpowering God that stands over us and just is ready to rain fire on us. And actually, that's true. But he, God has a whole other side that we sometimes forget about. See, we have to understand it's something that's very important, okay? And, and I want you to really engrave this in yourselves. God judges us. It is true. He judges us. You know why? Because He has to. But He shows us mercy because He wants to. He judges us because He has no choice. Because we're sinners. But He shows us mercy because He can't help but love us. So when I ask you, how merciful are you? Are you wanting to be merciful? Or are you wanting to be judgmental? I did a quick little research on my own. You know, I asked a few people at my job. I said, well, if, you dis- if, I were to, if you were to describe the church, the, the Christian church to me, would you pick the, the, the def- would you pick the, the, the characteristic of judgment or the character- characteristic of mercy? You know what every person responded, non-believer? I see the church as judgment. Every single person that I asked, oh, I asked like six people, but still, six for six. You know, and that, that just saddened my heart, man. That saddened me. Because God isn't, that's not what He wants. He wants to show us mercy. He wants to show us grace. 
You know, a lot of us, the church today, remind, I, I, I like to, to, to title them with the big brother syndrome. And what do I mean by that? If, if you go back to Luke, there's a parable that Jesus talks about. He talks about the parable of the prodigal son, right? And it's about a father and two sons. And the, and the younger son, the younger son goes to the, dad, goes to the dad and says, Hey dad, give me the money that belongs to me of your inheritance. Would you give it to me? And the dad, okay, he gets it and he takes off, turns his back on the family, leaves them and goes with this money and parties it up. He picks up chicks. He picks up, he, 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 gets, he gets drugs, whatever, you know, parties it up. He's the man. I got this money. And leaves his family to dry. But, at this, but when he ran out of this money finally, at that very time, there was a famine that spread through the land. And people were suffering and they were going through hard times. And this younger brother had nothing. So he, he was forced to, to get employed in this farm or something to feed pigs. And at that time, feeding pigs was as low as it gets. It was low. You don't feed pigs. In fact, it says in the scriptures that he was in so much need that he was wanting to eat from the very place the pigs were eating. Man, that's low. That's rock bottom. That's rock bottom. Anyways, in his affliction, like the first two verses said in 2 Corinthians, the affliction, but we're comforted, remember that? We're all going to go through affliction. We all go through pain. Listen, that whole gospel that if you find Jesus, you're not going to go through pain. It's going to be a miracle and you're going to ride into heaven on a, on a pony. That's a lie. He was going through affliction. He came to his senses, this younger, this, this younger brother. He comes to his senses and he thinks to himself, man, my father's very servants live better than I do right now. So he rustles up the courage. And he says to himself, I'm going to go to my father. I'm going to ask him for forgiveness. I'm going to tell him that I don't even, I don't, I'm not even worthy of being called his family. But if he could just have a position as one of his servants. So he begins his journey back to his father. His father gets word that he's on his way. His father doesn't even wait for him. He runs and tries to go meet him. <coughs> and he does. And the, and, and the younger son looks, looks at him and he's already like, oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm doomed. Uh, but whatever, I got to bite the bullet and I got to do it. He gets on his knees and he says, Father, I forgive me. I'm not even worthy to be called your son. And, and if you could just, he doesn't even let him finish his phrase. And the father picks him up, gives him a hug, embraces him. And he's overfilled with joy. He tells his servants, grab him a coat, get him shoes. He put a ring on his finger that represents that he is part of my family. And he tells the servant, kill the biggest calf we have. Kill it, cut it up, smoke it, let's have a party. Because my son was lost and now he's found. And he showed him grace. And he showed him mercy. His son didn't deserve it. His son sold him out. His son sold the whole family out. 
He didn't deserve it, but he showed him mercy. He wasn't concerned with showing him the wrath that we all are so concerned with. But check this out. They go. They kill the animal. They start celebrating. Guess the big brother's around there, and he overhears the music. He smells this, mmm, man, that, that, that smoke calf smells good. And he goes and, and one of the servants, and he goes to one of the servants, what's going on here? What, what's going on with all this music and this party? And he tells them, your father found your younger brother. And he's celebrating. He's having a celebration. He's, he's partying it up. Because your brother was lost and now he's found. And guess what the older brother does? The older brother syndrome, remember what I said? That sometimes we as a church act that way. The older, the older brother gets mad. And he's like, wait, what? You're partying for him? Dad, he sold us out, man. You killed the fattest calf we have for him? Check what the father tells him. And, and this, is, this impacted me. He's like, son, you are always with me. And all that is mine is yours. Man, he, he checks him. He's like, dude, back off, man. You are always with me. And I've never seen you get on your knees in repentance in, 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 and, and desire your father the way your son, even in his afflictions and his filth. He was on his knees, desperate for his father. I've never seen you like this. A lot of us, with our Bibles in our hands, our perfect attendance at church, and just because we know how to pray, we, we're always like, man, I've, I've been faithful to you, Father. <coughs> and the Father's telling us, man, you've always been with me. What are you so mad about? Why do you want to condemn this person so much? Because he disagrees with you? My question to you is, how merciful are you? How merciful have you been towards others, towards difference of opinions? You know, I'm reminded of a story of, of when I was a kid with my brothers. My, grand, my grandmother used to take care of us because both my parents worked. And you know how grandparents' homes are? They have all these, these like priceless possessions, these tea sets and these porcelain stuff. And it's just, just crazy stuff from like everywhere, you know? And, and I remember me and my brothers, you know, like boys running around, playing, messing around all the time. My grandmother warning us, don't do this, don't do that. And remember, this is before we were child-proof homes, Right? We didn't child-proof homes back then. My child-proof was my dad. And my dad's child-proof was right here. And if you don't know what this means, my bum can tell you. But that was before all this child-proof. My grandma warning us, warning us, hey, don't do that, this is priceless, this is important to me, whatever. One day I got carried away, I knocked one of these things over, shattered all over the ground. And you know when you're a kid, the smallest things, you just think your life is over. At that moment, I thought my life was over. I said, she's going to tell my dad. He's going to child-proof me. And, he, he, you know, 
He's going to get mad at me. He, you know, my grandmother's going to ground me. I'm never going to be able to play for the rest of my life. I probably will never be able to touch anything in this house. I, she might not even allow me in the house anymore. Who knows? And, you know, you start coming up with things. After a few hours, I finally rustle up the courage. I go to my grandmother. I could barely get the words out. I'm crying. I'm crying. Nana, please, please forgive me. I, 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 I broke your thing. And blah, blah, blah. And I'm crying. And she, my grandmother says, whoa, 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 calm down. I love you so much more than I love this. It's okay. And she showed me grace. But, but check this out. But this is what happened. This is what happened. She showed me so much grace at that moment that it just comforted me. I'm a child. It comforted me so much <clears throat> that it changed my approach on how to play in that house from that day on. It completely changed my approach. From now on, I was careful. I was careful. I was playing and I was careful. No, no, I can't, I can't break that. Because she was just so kind to me. So gracious. And she moved me to, to, to approach life in a different way. I want you to think if you would be extreme, merciful people towards other people. You would change their direction. You would influence and comfort them in such a way that they would approach life in a different way. Think about your spouses. How if you express mercy, how they would approach things differently towards you. Think about your political adversaries. How if you would approach them with mercy and with grace, how they would approach what you say in a different way. You know what? This guy has been so kind to me, I'm actually going to listen to what they say. Oh, that's countercultural, right? We don't really, no, that's not how we do things. That's countercultural because our culture is lacking God. That's why it's countercultural. You know, we think of these things. We think of these things. We think of, why? Why? Because God was merciful to us. And as believers, God's mercy changed our approach to life. Sometimes we feel like we sin so much that, that God just doesn't have enough mercy anymore. No, He already showed His mercy to me. His next step is to like, slap me up. But that's not it. He shows you more mercy than when you can even fathom. God doesn't just have a block of mercy, drops it on you, and then He has no more. I like to think of God's mercy like this never-ending library of books of mercy for all different situations. And every time you take one of these books out, it replenishes with three more. And He just wants, wants, wants to show you mercy. Because He loves you. He loves me. And when He does show you that mercy, we approach things in a different way. When He shows mercy to the alcoholic, and, and, and the alcoholic is in rock, rock bottom, the alcoholic approaches life in a different way because he's so comforted by His mercy. So now he doesn't go into stores that have alcohol. He goes through extreme measures, even if he's afflicted, but he, he changes his direction. If, you, if, if, you're, if you're addicted to pornography, you know... It, God is merciful to you. So now you start canceling subscriptions. You start not watching TV when other people are not around. And you change your direction because of mercy. Now imagine if you would show that mercy to others. 
Imagine a group, just a group like ours, would show that out in the world. The, the, the effects, the impact that we can make. Through the Bible, we see different ways that God shows His mercy. In Exodus, the story of Moses, I love the story of Moses. I love it so much that I named my son Moses. <laughs> Moses asked God, God, show me your glory. Show me your glory, God. And can you imagine literally asking God, show me your glory? My, my thought would be, oh man, he's about to show us his glory. You better get ready. He's going to wa- run in here with a white horse. He's going to literally go to, come through the door with a white horse. He's going to have fire in his eyes and a sword in his hand, which that's biblical. But that's my idea of it. You know, this big, powerful, but ch- check, check what God, check what God tells Moses. You guys ready? And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and, I, and will proclaim before you my name the Lord, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and show mercy to whom I will show mercy. He didn't say, I'm going to judge everybody here because you guys have been bad. No, he's going to be merciful and gracious towards everybody. When you ask God to show show you his glory, that's how he responds to you? And we're concerned with judgment? We're concerned with judging people but not showing mercy? And a few verses later, check out what he says. Exactly what I was talking about a little bit ago. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger. How many are quick to anger? Um, And abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sins. Man, how gracious is that God? But who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. Now look, don't get me wrong. God is not just going to sweep sin under the rug and say, see you later, alligator. Nope. He's going to judge us. That's the way it is. But he has to. It's not what he wants to do. He explains how he wants to show us mercy. But even in His judgment and in our afflictions, we're comforted by His mercy. You know, later on in the Bible, we look at the story of David and how David falls on God's mercy. Think of this. Listen to this psalm that David wrote. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Now here's a guy, David, which let me just point this out. David was described as a man after God's own heart. And if you want to talk about someone that sinned, it's David. He slept with another man's wife, got her pregnant, didn't want to confront the man, so he sends this man into battle in the front lines so his chances of dying could be bigger. He ends up succeeding in it, so he's a murderer. And he thought, oh, I did my thing. But then, the, then God, through, through Nathan, a prophet, hey, David, God, you're not hiding from God. He sees you. He knows what you did. 
And David just is in despair, in affliction. He's, he, he, he's like, like the younger son. He's just rock bottom at this point. He's rock bottom, but check out what David says. I am in great distress. Let us fall into the hand of the Lord, for His mercy is great. But let me not fall into the hand of man. And through that, God begins to comfort him. He's in despair and he falls on the mercy of God. Many of us need to just fall on the mercy of God. We're depending too much on us. We go through afflictions and we're like, I will fix it. I'm going to take care of this. But sometimes we just have to let ourselves go and let God take care of it. Let God's mercy fall on us. We look later on, the generation after David, we look at Israel in, 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 its, in, in the most tragic time, one of the most tragic times in the Bible. It, it, it was so bad this time, this time of immorality, this time of, of, of disgusting acts. It got so bad that in Lamentations it talks about how, 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 the, how the women used to boil and then eat their very children from how much hunger there was in the land. And think about how bad that is. I know some of your views, you think the other side is so bad, but think about that. Literally eating their very children. But then Jeremiah comes and he's just sad for the people. He's sad for this generation. He's sad for Israel. And he weeps. He's crying out. He's not getting angry at everybody. I'm sure he did, but... Listen to his prayer. Listen to his, what he says. Remember my afflictions and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. But this I call to, to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, therefore, I will hope in Him. God's mercies are never ending. When you think it gets bad, His mercies are bigger. When you think your, your, your affliction is big, His mercies are bigger. This is God's heart for us. This is what impacted me the most. God wants to show His mercy to us. He wants to. And as the band begins to, to come up, there's one more example of God's mercy that I want to let you guys know about. The biggest act of mercy of all. Where not only does He send his, his Son, and not only does He show His mercy by sending His Son, but He embodies it through His Son. And we look at, we look at the life of Jesus. 
Picture the life of Jesus for a second. You know, we're so quick. We're so quick to, to always point out, oh, remember Jesus went into the temple? Do you remember when he went into the temple and started flipping tables? Do you remember that? And we completely forget about the rest of his life. The merciful Jesus, the one that the groom was, didn't have enough wine in his wedding, and Jesus turns water into wine. An act of mercy. The one that, that a parent brought a dead child to Jesus and he rose him from the dead. A Jesus of mercy. The one that they were about to, be, to stone a woman who has sinned and sinned badly. And what does Jesus do? He stands in between the crossfire of stones coming to the woman. And you know what he tells her? He says, okay, now go woman and turn from your sin and approach life in a different way. He shows her mercy and tells her to approach life in a different way. That's the Jesus of mercy. A Jesus of mercy that a soldier takes out a sword, right? To come and capture Jesus. Oh no, I'm sorry. He comes to capture Jesus and Peter takes out a sword and cuts the soldier's ear off. And if it was me, I'd be like, yeah, Peter, get him, get him. But no, Jesus doesn't do that. He says, Peter, what are you doing? Grabs the ear, puts it back on the soldier. Mercy, 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 mercy. He shows mercy. He's literally hanging on a cross. He just finished being beaten to a pope hanging on a cross, dying in pain. And his words, the words that come out of his mouth are, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. What? And we're concerned about politics. We can't show mercy towards people that, are, that think differently than us. Listen, I love politics. I think it's great. We should be involved in politics. That's awesome. I would love to get involved in politics at some point. But we need to do it as children of God with a merciful heart. Win or lose, according to the world... But we will always be victors in Christ if we act in this way. God, have mercy on us. I'm going to go ahead. We're going to do something. We're going to worship together. We're going to respond to what we heard today with worship. I'm going to finish. I'm going to read those two verses one more time. And we're going to go straight to just worshiping together in response to this message. My prayer is that God have mercy on us. And that He can move us in such a way. And He can comfort in such a way that we can approach life in a different way. And that in return and in response to that, we can show mercy to the others. So we can also comfort them. And that they too can approach life in a different way. And listen, what an honor to think that we were the ones that planted the seed through our mercy and our comfort. That people would be so comforted by that and approach life in such a way that just maybe, just maybe, that is what that's the first stepping stool for them accepting Christ and knowing Jesus. 
me read it right quick. If you want to just stand, because we're going to go directly to worship after this. And I'm just going to read it right quick. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort and with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Like David, and let us just like David fall on your mercy. Let us weep for your mercy, like Jeremiah. Let us try to mirror the most merciful life of all in Jesus. And Father, let us just cry out this morning, oh Father, oh God, have mercy on us. let us take these words that you have spoken to us and let us apply it to our lives and we're not expecting it to be easy we're not expecting it to be a piece of cake but father for your glory we do this we do this for your glory we do it as undeserving people want to encourage you as we end apply mercy to others I encourage you to show mercy to others even if you have to bite your tongue sometimes be gracious be people after God's own heart and I'll tell you this God's heart is wants to display mercy go with God